Welcome to This Team is Killing Us, a podcast about what the Carolina Panthers do to good people. She is Lauren Brownlow. I am Demetri Ravanis. And what is killing me today, Lauren, is thinking about roster management because kind of all you could do right now, uh, right now is wait, right? Like you can look at however many mock drafts you want to. They're kind of meaningless because nothing happens until it happens. Uh, and all we have to do right now is speculate on Brian Burns, because that's kind of where everything begins. Yeah. You know why else mock drafts are meaningless? Because the Panthers don't don't pick early enough for it to matter. Yeah. (laughs) So like almost, and that used to be a good thing in my day. I remember when that was a good thing, when it was like, oh, we couldn't possibly know who'll be available at the end of the first round for the Panthers because they did so well. No, no. Nope. Not now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's I guess if you could look at it this way right with the 33rd pick it's like we won the super super bowl there oh wow wow yeah I mean I'm an I'm an optimist We're worse than last <laughs> right <laughs> yeah that's that's true you're punished for being so bad by getting to knock down an extra draft pick <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's start with Brian Burns, because like I said, that is kind of where the whole offseason conversation begins. Um, the franchise tag, as I understand it, would come in a, a little bit over $25 million a year, which is still under what it is Brian Burns is asking. Is it worth figuring out if you can meet the asking price so that this will he, won't he does not continue into next year? Yes. I think it is. Okay. I think, well, I'm not saying that they need to meet it. I'm saying they need to make a decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, and I don't know, honestly, you know, we've talked about this. I don't, I don't know what the right call is necessarily. Like you could make a case to me either way. Um, obviously I like Brian as a player a lot and think he's been terrific for the most part, but I don't know what, I just don't know that he's that guy that you want to give that. Like, I would personally rather see them not start over. That's the wrong way to put it, but a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, just, yeah. just like, blow, not blow it all up. That's the wrong way to put it, too. But you know what I mean? Like, well, there's a rebuild, right? Like, to prioritize bringing back right. your biggest star, it's not really going to make a difference, at least not this year, probably not next year. No, I think that it, it, in a weird way, it almost feels like maybe they want to do it just to like, and I know why they've done this and it's not the dumbest thing David Tepper's ever done. There's a lot of competition, but still uh, <laughs> like they, they clearly have realized like, oops, now we understand that we do need to have like somewhat of a connection to the area and to this fan base, be a part of this team. Like that stuff's important to Panthers fans it is and and they do I think a lot of us including me at times miss having guys around that have been around a long time yeah and if you look around from when the last time this was fun there ain't a whole lot of those dudes left no that's that's absolutely true I think the other thing that is really interesting is right now I've, I've been looking through mock drafts over the weekend and a lot of people are mocking us taking a defensive end with the assumption that Burns is is leaving, that Burns is gone. And some of that is about, well, gosh, you could use the franchise tag, but is there enough uh, leftover salary cap space to then do what you have to do out there, whether that is improve the offensive line, whether that is go after a marquee wide receiver, whatever the case is, it it does. I, I don't think the number, what is it, 37, 38 million? I don't think it really, at first glance, 
does a good job of painting the picture of kind of how up against it the Panthers are if they want to make a move. If all they wanted to do was re-sign their guys, it's not a problem. But we think they want to make a move, and it's going to be hard to with that little cap space. I think, like, I mean, that's what I was going to say. Like, if you need to save money for offensive guys, right, and you want to re-sign somebody, I'd rather see them re-sign somebody like a Frankie Louvu, personally, not just because I love him so much and he was my favorite <laughs> player this year, but just because, like, I also feel like in a way, it's almost like, it's hard to bridge a gap. So like you've got a guy coming from an old culture who wants to be part of a new winning culture and a guy like Brian Burns, but maybe, maybe, maybe the best thing for both parties is just like a fresh start. Uh, and look, I don't say this as a knock on Luvu at all. I like him too. I, I think he was a real difference maker on the defense, but let's not like discount the fact that he's cheaper too. Like that's well, yes, a hundred percent. No, I agree. I mean, I, I think that's really important in terms of how you go about using what little money you have. And it, when you when you talk about like the types of guys that Dan Morgan was talking about, mm -hmm. I think of Frankie Louvu. Yeah, I, mean, I agree. And I think that if you want to establish that that's your like to me, he is more important to for this team to resign in the short, like certainly at least in the short term than Brian, like mm -hmm. than Brian Burns. Well, in the long term, I guess it'd be better to say than Brian Burns. It, yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, but maybe that's, you know, I mean, I'm not, I don't know. I get, I get it's hard to let a guy like that walk, especially because when the Panthers do that, they inevitably just start tearing it up elsewhere. And <laughs> right. I understand. <laughs> yes. He'll have like 10 sacks against the Panthers when they play, but that's just kind of the cost of doing business. You look at who is becoming a free agent uh, as soon as free agency opens and who has already been re-signed by the Panthers. And I think it's interesting that the guys that are, that would be hitting the market, Steven Sullivan, LeBron, Ray, Nick Thurman, that all got re-signed. They all seem more like culture guys than impact guys, right? Like Steven Sullivan, Oh, every time he made a catch, we were like, oh, yeah, I forgot about him this season. Or I didn't know he existed until he called. Love that going ball. to Stephen Sullivan's in Uptown when we're <laughs> in Charlotte. One of the finer steakhouses around. Uh, yeah, but it's it's interesting. So you look at guys like uh, Frankie, like uh, Gross Matos, like Brian Burns, uh, even like Chark to a certain extent, guys that probably can command a little bit more than they would get if they were to just say, you know, do a deal before they hit the open market. And I wonder who it is from those guys hitting the open market that you feel like you absolutely have to bring back. Do you prioritize defense because you brought back the whole defensive coaching staff? Or do you look at this team and go two and 15 is two and 15. Nobody is precious. I would prioritize defense personally um, if you're going to prioritize either one because of the guys you met. Like, I don't know that there's anyone in that group offensively that I'm like, oh, they – like, imagine being Chark and coming to the yeah. Panthers and being like, all right, big money time. If I'm the Panthers, I might laugh a little. <laughs> yeah, not to be not to, not to say like – but it's like – it's also like I know you had a bad year, man, and I know you're better than that, but also like we only have to go on what we've seen here. Right. Okay. Right. So, and see, that's that's what I think is interesting about LaVisca Chenault, too, who is probably yeah. going to walk. Right. Like, I, I can't imagine them prioritizing keeping him. However, he is one of those guys. And, and Debo Samuel is not a perfect one for one because he's had the same coach no, for so yeah. long. But he is one of those kinds of weapons that you always kind of wonder when a new coach comes in, do they think 
they have the 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 code cracked to utilize this guy more. So while I don't think he is a necessity by any stretch of the imagination, I do think he's a piece that can be used creatively that I cannot dismiss that a new coaching staff would want to keep around. Yeah, he's the utility type of guy, and there's nothing wrong with having a guy like that around, and he seems to be a guy that everybody likes and respects, so that's always good too. But um, yeah, I mean, and that we'll see. We'll see with him. It wouldn't be as expensive to keep him probably in the yeah. long term but like you said he would yeah I don't know so I mean for me though it the uh, the defense there wasn't a whole lot wrong they just need a little help whereas the offense is like oh boy and Lots I think you've got to I think you've got to give the defensive coaching staff that you retained the advantage of building rather than having right. to start all over again and and that's cur- it'll be interesting to see how they view Burns in that sense too mm-hmm. right I mean maybe some of them view him as indispensable maybe some of them you know, I mean, obviously some of them, they, most of them understand the business side of, yeah. of, the, of the NFL. And so they will have to balance that. I I don't think there's an easy answer on Brian Burns. If it's me, I'm probably letting him, I'm, I'm probably not franchising him. And I'm just yeah. like, let's just get this out of the way because I also want to give him that benefit. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, but that's me. That's why I don't run NFL team right. because I'm a nice person. Like, it's like, you've been here, you've given us, you know, your best, you've been a leader captain, like you played well, Let, let's give you, you know, we, we don't think you're in our long-term plan. So let's, let's give you the luxury. No, teams don't do that. Uh, no, listen, I, I think there is something to that in a, in a different way. And that is, and, and I looked at Joe Persons. Uh, article at the athletic where he was talking about the way the Panthers could be managing the cap this offseason. He mentioned, look, Hayden Hurst and Miles Sanders are prime targets for cap casualties. And so I think about Brian Burns sort of similarly in the fact that you're not, if you're Dan Morgan, letting Burns walk for nothing, cutting Sanders, cutting Hurst to save money, like that's not really admitting an error, you are correcting the last guy's mistakes. And I don't think there's any pride to hold on to. I don't think there's any reason to think that obvious moves will not be made for ego-related reasons, which I think we've dealt with in the past here. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I don't I don't really see another scenario where they can't do, like they don't yeah. have to free up a bunch of cap space. You know what I right. mean? Like there's really not a scenario I can think of that exists. I mean, especially to me, like Miles Sanders is the no brainer, not just because of what he makes, but because you had what three backs get regular carries this season and none of them really established themselves as must haves. I think Chuba Hubbard was clearly the best one. And clearly, like if you said to Panthers fans, you are keeping one running back. I think 99% of Panthers fans are saying Chuba, but if you're telling us we could upgrade, I think 99% of Panthers fans are saying, yeah, upgrade. I mean, the irony somewhat is that, like, I do think in a sense, if you got a healthy Sanders back next year, it would be an upgrade, but they can't afford that. And and the other thing, too, is, like, you know, the clock ticks so fast on running back. I know. That, uh, you know, if you got a healthy Sanders next year, you're getting him, what, at 28? Like, he's right at that borderline. Listen, the great news is the Panthers are very good at understanding running back clocks. Just look (laughs) when they got rid of Christian McCaffrey. Clearly in decline. (laughs) By the way, speaking of uh, Panthers running backs, head coach Deshaun Foster. What did you think about that? I love that. I love Deshaun. I have a very special attachment to anybody 
on, you know, those early aughts teams and, yeah. and Deshaun is no different. So I was, I was really thrilled to hear that. He, uh, when I was in college, Alabama played a home and home with UCLA and he murdered Alabama. So I want to. Oh, that's ab- right. Cause Alabama wasn't good. I forgot. That's that. right. We, we were coming off of an SEC championship the first time we played. And that was the first game where it was like, oh, there are problems now. Like this whole team was shot Alexander last year. Uh, but yeah, so I've always wanted him to succeed everywhere he goes. I hope he succeeds. I don't know that he will, and I think that has more to do with UCLA than it does with him. Uh, but I'm rooting yeah. for the guy. Like I think it's, I think it's a cool move. But what uh, success at UCLA anyway? It's fine. It's all relative. Yeah, I think that uh, the power brokers at UCLA have to understand what success at UCLA is is relative as they move into uh, the Big Ten. Before, uh, before we take a little bit of a break here. Um, is there any other salary cap casualty that you would say, Hey, just be on the lookout for this could make some sense. Well, I mean, you mentioned Hearst, like, yeah, no offense, but if I'm in a GM room and they're like, who we, I'm like, Hearst, bye. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Like, I agree. Well, with you. I'm sure he's been again, just like Sanders. I'm sure he's better than he showed, but that's because he was not good and he was hurt a lot. Right. And that's the thing, right? Like the money spent last year was not money well spent. So there's no. not a whole lot of, there, there's not a whole lot of mystery. There's not a whole lot of, Hey, be on the lookout for this guy. I mean, maybe, maybe Andy Dalton, but I don't think Dalton's getting that much money. Like I yeah, think he's and I also, I honestly think like, I think he was, we've talked about this some too. I think he was underutilized. Sure. I think that Dalton probably comes in on the high side for a backup quarterback in terms of salary. However, I don't think when you are trying to make real dents in the salary cap, it makes enough of a dent to make a move. Yeah, especially if your alternative is bringing in a crappy backup quarterback. Right. You know, like I, you know, the, the NFL, like people think that there's like a starting quarterback shortage and there is. Right. Obviously. But at the yeah. same time, like there there's a reason there aren't that many starting quarterbacks means there aren't that many good backups either. Right. I mean, listen, there's a reason why the 32 teams in the league can't agree on whether to carry two or three quarterbacks into a game is there may not be a pool of 96 guys that could actually play reason, at the NFL level. There, there's a reason Nathan Peterman still gets snaps. I don't <laughs> know what that is to right. be fair. Right. Beyond, like even including the bad backup quarterback thing, <laughs> but I guess there must be one, and it's because they're like, oh, he's played in an NFL game. I mean, so, so if you've been following us uh, for a while, you know, this show used to be called Young Gun and focused completely on uh, Bryce Young. When we made the name change, the rebrand, it didn't like kill all the momentum we had, but we do still need you to go like, subscribe, especially on YouTube, leave the comments, make sure people know this is Young Gun. It's just a new show and a new focus. It all helps people find the show and helps us keep going uh, here on the uh, OG triangle media network. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, maybe uh, tweet us, give us something you want. You want me to relive a very painful moment for my, I can, I'll find one, relive it for you. That's uh, a, that's a good point because we are trying to be consistent during the off season, but what you're going to run into is things like this show where we don't really have much to talk about because all we can do is wait and we have to have the same conversation everyone else is having about Brian Burns because it's the only conversation around this team right now. So have some fun with Lauren's emotions. I guess we could have broke down the halftime show, but that that'd be a, that'd be some fun with Lauren's emotions in a different way that I don't think some of y'all are ready for. Uh, <laughs> same. Uh, favorite uh, in the halftime show, favorite surprise cameo because Usher played a very um, close ludicrous. To the 
Okay. Everybody like I screamed loses. Luna. I stood up at a crowded party. It was like Luna. And I was like, I, hey. that was the one the him and Lil John were the two that I was just was not surprised by because I did not think you could do that halftime show without yeah. I was I was pleasantly surprised by Alicia Keys showing up. She looked great. They both she always great. looked great. What are they living in a vault since 2005? I, I can't mean, stand them. Look, Lord, the the saying "black don't crack" did not come about completely on accident. Like they look amazing. Listen, just, all right, just leave me. Out I just appreciate finally being old enough to be the demographic catered to in the musical <laughs> halftime show. And by appreciate, I mean am horrified by. But it's yeah. Uh, along those lines, Lauren, I'm calling my shot right now. I'm not saying this is what I want. I'm saying this is my prediction. Super Bowl. What's the next one? Fifty eight. I think so. I've lost Half, track. Halftime show pink. What about like OG No Doubt? Uh, do With they have Gwen. enough do, do they have enough hits? Sorry. I mean, well, if you could include some of the Gwen solo stuff in that, yeah. yes. Yeah. Like Hollaback Girl, all of that, yes. I, I mean, like I I'm, I'm trying so right Jay-Z who I, I guess it, picks the halftime show like he's not a dummy right like you don't have to say oh well jay-z's picking it's gonna be rap or pop or whatever every year no he's gonna try and make money off of this thing so yeah. i don't dismiss the possibility of no doubt i had a friend that is confident it's gonna be foo fighters i don't dismiss that as a possibility but i think you could go full like 90s grunge with it and just get get like yeah you know, or like <laughs> 90s alternative get like say. the offspring and like <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, just like take a bunch of like '90s like. I think you have to. I think you have to look at Usher as a as a great model here of who gives us the most opportunity to bring in celebrity cameos, and I think, I think Pink is the peak of that. I think No Doubt is is better than I first thought about, but like that's why I dismiss people saying things like Foo Fighters or any other big rock band is they don't do enough crossover duet stuff to bring in superstar cameos you know i had to tell people too at my party because there some people were like when's taylor showing up i'm like y'all she's not yeah she's not she's not show they asked her they asked right. her first right she's good she's okay <laughs> weirdly taylor would have also appealed to the same demo Agreed. Uh, listen, I think Taylor. So I, I was just down in Atlanta this past weekend and driving back. I visited a friend from high school and her kids and we were having a Taylor Swift conversation and everyone was on the same page. Like she has cross generational appeal. Nobody was left behind in this conversation. We all know the eras. We all know the albums. We all know the songs. Yes, I think that's uh, accurate. All right, let's uh, let's pivot back to football. I'm going to ask you a question that you have cringed at in the past, but I am starting to come around to a little bit. Is there a case for trading down from 33 or just trading 33 in general? Here's the thing. If this were a normal football franchise, I would tell <laughs> you like, I don't know, maybe. Yeah. But it's not. And so that scares me a lot, mm -hmm. to be honest with you. Um, I think. Some of it would depend on what you can do in free agency, but they won't fully know that. I don't right. think at that point. Um, I think you have a lot of needs to address. Agreed. Um, and the higher you can address some of them, the better. But some of it might depend on like who did you want, who's available there, who's still going to be there in like 
three picks if you can get something back. I mean, you know, you know how that stuff can work. Like sometimes sure. teams that really want to move up will give you more than they probably should. Right. And that's why I think that scenario is more likely to happen at 65 than at 33. I think that you could probably get more justifiable um, value, I guess, by uh, trading back from the top pick of the third round and amassing fourth and fifth round picks than getting those kind of picks to trade back from the top of the second round. The draft's going to be a big deal for them this year. Like, oh, for sure. I, I, I think one thing Panthers fans could always count on in the past was that whoever their first pick was would almost always be good. We have been yeah. spoiled in that way. It, we have rarely had first-round picks not work out. We just haven't. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, to, the higher this team has picked, it hasn't always worked out very well. And yeah. you look at some of their drafts, and they've been a little shaky, even if at the time we didn't really know it. And I think there's going to be a ton of scrutiny on this draft. It's hard to know how good or bad a draft is, obviously, until you see it start to play out. But there's going to be a ton of scrutiny on it and who who they manage to get and which needs they manage to address. That's why, Lauren, I think if there is an opportunity to trade for a proven anchor of this offensive line, whether that means center, whether that means a a um tackle, a respected tackle that you could then give uh Icky the chance to regroup on the right side or even force to compete for a starting spot on the right side. I think that gives you more value than anything you're gonna do at 33. Now I don't know certainly tackle I don't think is going to be available by trading pick number 33. Center right. might be uh, you know, shored up the middle of the offensive line might be. And I think that probably in the draft, your best case scenario is, um, oh, shoot, the, the kid that is sort of an uh, interior everything for Oregon. Is it Jackson Powers? I can't remember. That sounds right. His, his last day. But I, I think he's probably the best case scenario if you're drafting on the offensive line that a guy that could fall to 33 and if that's what you're looking at as best case scenario, why not see if a veteran and granted, it'd have to be somebody that has years left in the tank, right? Like you're not trading for a Trent Williams or like a Dwayne Brown, like Kansas City did a few years ago, who maybe only had a season or two left. But if you could make that move at 33, I think that's probably a, a, a better uh, payoff than seeing if a rookie is ready to start in the NFL. Yes, I just they need to go older and wiser on that line. And I hate to say that because I do like having young talent that can kind of grow up around you, but I don't think well, they really I mean they need to go luxury. yeah, they need to go proven on the offensive line. They right. need to create some uh um, and they have the young guys, they need people, yeah. Right. They need to build confidence not just in the fan base, but in the backfield too, right? Like it's we talk so much about Bryce, but remember. Yep. We went like what five games, six games in a row without a rushing touchdown. We went the first nine games of the season without a 50 yard performance by a single guy. Uh, I literally named runs Sad Sanders runs because yeah. he would just run into the line of scrimmage and have nowhere to go and fall down. Yeah. What, uh, what is in the back of your mind for the 2024 offseason? Are you able to? solely focus on the issue at hand right now or are you thinking about your wants in relation to whatever whether it's what you expect the team to be on the field in 2024 whether it's thinking about you know the Derek Brown contract that's coming up is there anything that makes your wants for this offseason that sort of puts it through a prism when you think about what is possible 
That's hard because, right, like, I've been very beaten down even more than usual. <laughs> yeah. So usually the only thing that lurks in the back of my mind is fear and pessimism mm. of, like, because I always say to myself to try to, like, talk myself down and this never helps. How bad could it How bad could it be? It, and they've shown me it can, in fact, be quite bad. Yeah, I, it's funny. Like, in terms of mood around this team, it doesn't feel like we can get much worse than it was this year. However, there are two fewer games we could win next season. And what would that do to the mood, right? Like, you, you definitely cannot say how bad could it be with this team. I'll, I'll be the first to admit, I do want to see this team go out there make a splash, get not a star, but a real difference maker. But at the same time, I look at it through the prism of 2024 and say with this roster, even if Dave Canales, even if this is the beginning of a Belichick-like coaching career, the yeah. ceiling for 2024 is probably six wins. So, That's what I was going to say, six or yeah. seven. Seven at the most. So why do you? why would you break the bank? Why would you yeah, no. go out and make a big splash rather than save up cap space? What you need to do is prove to people that you have some idea of what you're doing. People <laughs> need to get a sense of that, including this girl. I do. Because now I don't take that for granted anymore either. And I used to at least take like the first few rounds of the draft somewhat for girl. Like, okay, they'll be fine there, whatever. Yeah. Uh, not always. They've certainly given me cause not to, Jimmy Clausen. But <laughs> whatever. You know what I mean? Like they've usually, I've usually had enough reason to have faith. My problem is right now, it's an interesting juxtaposition because I don't have a reason to be negative yeah. yet, but I also have zero to be positive. And uh, I'm kind of like stuck in a weird place in the middle where I'm like, what do I want to see? Like, what's the benchmark? I don't know that I have like a benchmark for next year. I just want to see improvement. Like for me, the bar is in hell because literally <laughs> they hired a coach last year who hated the starting quarterback, which yeah. is, Sorry, but it's fucking wild that they did that. They did that and and everyone just it just happened as if nothing happened. Like no one said anything about it on like a mainstream level, but we all watched it happen, didn't yeah. we? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think anybody was comfortable saying it out loud until it came out after he got fired, right? But yeah, no, you and I listen, I was the first one to say I don't know. You think did. Price you actually really did. Hurt. You were yeah, because you were like, he calls plays as if he hates him. And then I'm like, why did he do that? Why would he do that? And then I yeah. keep watching and I'm like, huh. <laughs> Maybe he does. Maybe he does. Uh, the bars in hell should replace keep pounding as the hashtag uh, for this season. Just like a, a play with like there's nothing to lose sort of attitude. Listen, because don't ever, I promise you, never say it can't get worse. I know from experience it can. <laughs> Even and if you will. don't think it can. Yeah. It can. 